This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me today as always is Kyle Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we've got a special guest for you this week listeners. We've got Arsenal fan Jamie Barrington on. Hi Jamie. Hello. And we, well you'll be happy Jay, we're talking about Arsenal's 2-0 win over the Magpies uh, on Saturday. You watched the game, a uh, good result, back, you know, back to winning ways for the Gunners. What what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite pleasing to to see. I think it was it felt relatively comfortable. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. Yeah, I I didn't think from my point of view, like it, it didn't feel like a really poor performance from Newcastle, and certainly the first half. I mean, obviously we rolled our luck a bit with that Aubameyang chance where he hits the post from sort of point-blank range and, you know, I said a little bit of luck there, but I thought we generally played fairly well in the first half and I think going in at nil-nil, I thought we, we more or less sort of deserved that. But then second half, I think you really sort of showed your class and, like I say, not not an awful performance from Newcastle, but I thought we maybe didn't cause you as many problems as we could have. Yeah, I would say that's fair. I think defensively, I thought you were quite good. Um you really sort of kept us limited to long shots for the most part up until that second period when, like you say, the class told a little bit with a couple of really well-constructed goals. Um, but yeah, I thought it was um, it was a decent performance from from us um, in a couple of quality goals, basically. That was the difference. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about those goals, actually. I mean, the, the move for Bukayo Saka's goal in the 56th minute, I mean, just carved us open. I mean, as you said, I thought we'd defended quite well um, up until that point, which is not like us. <laughs> not Certainly not this season, anyway. And then just, yeah, just carving us open with just such a good passing move. It was sort of classic Arsenal, really, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was like a throwback to... Um... So when we had Wenger in charge, I mean, um, it was I think it was Tavares, was it, who played the the final pass through to Saka, and I thought him, him at left back was fantastic all game, mm. apart from his shooting, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, he got forward brilliantly. He's been quite a revelation because we relied so heavily on Tierney last season, yeah, and we found someone who's now keeping out of the team. I think Tierney is fit, but just isn't getting selected. Yeah. I mean, if you fancy sending Kieran Tierney on loan to Newcastle for the second half of the season, it'd be like Joe Willard. I mean, we'd take that because honestly, I mean, defenders, I think, will definitely be the order of the day for us in January, in fullbacks especially. Um, I think we're really not. I mean, we've been playing Matt Ritchie there, and I like Matt Ritchie, but at the end of the day, he's not really a fullback, and he doesn't quite have that defensive. So, you know, that sort of just inbuilt defensive know-how. I just think the question is, who else have you got? 
Well, that's that's the trouble yeah. as well. We we just don't have much depth there either, which is is why Richie's kind of been repurposed. And then on the other side, we've got Emil Kraft, who I say hasn't particularly impressed me since we signed him, and I'm not even sure really he's much of a right back. I think mm-hmm. he'd probably be more suited to playing in the centre as well. So I mean, it's good it's good to see Fraser playing a bit more though. I had a couple of runs. Yeah, I like, I like Ryan Fraser. I, th- I think he'll definitely get a bit more of a shake with Eddie Howe, and especially if he can keep fit as well, because that was it wasn't just Steve Bruce sort of not playing him. He was also he had some some injuries and stuff here and there. Um, Again, Arsenal, your keeper was just amazing. So Ramsdale had that amazing save to stop Shelby's blast from God knows how far out. So oh, that was quality, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't believe Ramsdale. Like I, when we signed him, I just thought hey, he's okay. He'll be an all right backup for Leno. We've probably paid a bit too much money for him. But since he came in, he's, he's been excellent. Like everything that we've wanted. Yeah, he's he's looking like one of the best keepers we've had since Seaman. And I would say, like, it's just it's crazy how quickly he's had such an influence. In yeah, it's, it's pretty much like every game he does a world class save. At some point, so I mean, hopefully you can just keep this up. But Arsenal have come along really far. I think from the start of the season, where they were kind of the butt of everyone's jokes, and um, there's a couple. I know a couple of Arsenal fans in my line of work at the moment, and I've lost count of the amount of times I've really, really irritated them at the start <laughs> of the season. But you know, fair play, they have stuck with Arsenal, and now it's like, yeah, no, fair play, they are actually doing really well, and you're coming along as a, a quite a young team, really. Um, I'm excited to see what happens because, you know, could, could be back in it. Hopefully this continues for next season and Arsenal can be like a, once again, like a continuously competitive team for the top four. I hope so. Um, but yeah, you're right. The start of the season was rough, um, to say the least. The amount of sick that I got as well off people. <laughs> um, that, that first game against Brentford, like seeing, seeing all of the pundits, like going into the Brentford fans and basically acting like cheerleaders and crowing about how bad Arsenal were was not great. Yeah. And I had like five or six messages from people when that game was on just saying Arsenal were awful. Um, people I've not even spoke to for, for quite a long time. Um, so yeah, it's quite, it's quite nice that it's, uh, that it's turned around. Um, it's turned around quite spectacularly. I mean, it was United fans who were taking the mick and Tottenham fans, and um, I'd say we've had a better season than both of them now. Well, I'm just saying Tottenham fans should never start taking the mick because we all know that Tottenham's worst enemy is Tottenham and they will crumble. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, I mean, I remember, I remember speaking to you at the start of the season or, or near the start and we were talking about it and saying, like, you know what, how much of a sign is there of the sort of the Arteta project? And I think... I think this is it. I think we are actually starting to maybe see that now, as Cara said, with with the young team getting some. Well, in some in some cases, in Ramsdale's case, maybe. Well, for us, somewhat unexpectedly, perhaps the people who brought him in Arsenal, maybe that this was always what they thought he was going to be capable of. But I think we are starting to actually see signs of that project now, and I think Arsenal. I mean, yeah, you've been Liverpool resort aside, and to be fair, Liverpool are obviously just absolutely top class, so there's not really any shame in losing to them. You've got this, a lot of momentum now. I mean, you didn't let the Liverpool game 
you know, sort of get you down, you bounce back straight away, admittedly against a team that hasn't won a game yet. So, you know, but... Yeah, it's, but it's, it's, not, it's not that much of an achievement, is it? <laughs> but, but to have got back to winning ways straight away, I think it will probably do the players a world of good to just kind of exercise the demons of that Liverpool result. And I think you'll probably keep this momentum going into the Christmas period now, which I think will be very well it's always important um because there's so many games in such a short space of time it it's always going to be important in determining where you can end up and i mean well from a newcastle point of view <laughs> it's going to be make or break i think i mean everyone's talking about january um but i mean we might be i mean we're already six points adrift we could be even further adrift and at that point i'm not even sure a spending spree is going to save us yeah on that happy note jamie is arsenal's next game uh, manchester united uh, I must admit, I don't actually know who we've got, who we've got next. But, um, it, and it's got to be soon, hasn't it? I think I think your next game is Man United. I think I want to say on Wednesday. That'll be an exciting match because Man United are better now, but they're not exactly consistent. And obviously, Arsenal's consistency would be interesting to see what. What that turns out afterwards, I know this isn't Newcastle, so sorry guys listening, but like, <laughs> let's be honest, this is an interesting conversation. <laughs> and we all know we'd, we'd rather be watching this than some Newcastle matches recently. I'm sorry, but that's true. Yeah, no apology needed. I mean, <laughs> I think our listeners are probably just happy for a change of tack. I mean, we've not had, we've had the same conversation every week. Yeah. This season, which is just Newcastle. Not really good. Yeah. yeah, but again, though, this, this was... Um, a match where, yes, Newcastle didn't win, but you could actually be proud of how they performed against Arsenal to an extent. Yeah, you know, as you said, Jamie, Arsenal ripped them apart with some excellent play, but it was the excellent play that meant that they scored the goals. It wasn't just you just like, just stepping back really and just letting them walk through the middle. Yeah, that that was nice actually. And, uh, you know, it, it did take two moments of real quality because I thought Dubravka, who was back in goal, thought he, he played well. He made a couple of good saves as well. And it just took those two moments of just top quality. I mean, we, we haven't actually spoken about it. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli's goal, that volley over the shoulder. I mean, that was delightful, wasn't it? I mean, just the volley. Oh, yes. It was gorgeous. Like, yeah, that was um, such a clever finish just to control it in that way. When you've got the goalie rushing out towards you as well, it was, it was superb. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, as, you said, as we said before, I think the only thing that I maybe would have liked is well, obviously, I would have loved to, you know, get a point or something, but or a goal. I think just given that all of our best players basically are our attackers, apart from Dubravka, I think it, it would have been nice to see us be a little bit more adventurous. I get that, obviously, you're not going to go to the Emirates, especially with Arsenal in the kind of form that you've been in. You know, you're not going to go there and impose yourself on Arsenal. But I think it would have been nice to see us maybe try and make a, a bit more of an effort going forward. Yeah, I realised what I said about get, get a goal was seemed quite condescending, but I, I didn't mean it in that way. I actually meant that the fact that I thought Newcastle played well enough. They had a couple of chances that you know, maybe to get another couple of shots on target to maybe force something in would have been nice. I thought they deserved it. The 2-0 scoreline makes it seem like another Newcastle collapse, where actually it, it, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> No, I mean, there, there was, as with the, the draw against Brentford um, last week, I think there were some encouraging signs. Um, I think we just, we need to start seeing that 
turn into results now. I mean, we'll, we'll get on to the previews um, shortly. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something we need to see. So, well, immediately now, because we're really running out of time if we are going to stay up this season. Um, but just sort of, sort of moving on to the news now, um, not a huge amount has really happened in Newcastle and uh, over the last week, but there was something that will affect or could potentially affect all of English football. And in some ways it, it would have uniquely affected Newcastle had it been in place in the last few months. And this is, of course, the fan-led review of English football um, that has led to a list of recommendations from MP Tracy Crouch, essentially with the aim of improving the sustainability of the game in this country. The main recommendation of which as well is that the UK government should create a new independent regulator to basically oversee English football. That would include like financial regulation and uh, particularly in, in, uh, in relation to Newcastle, something that would, would have affected them very recently is that this independent regulator, should it come to, come to in, into existence, uh, would establish a new fit and proper persons test, basically replacing the existing system. And as part of it, they would also include an integrity test on potential owners, real-time financial checks, all this sort of scrutiny, basically, that would have been applied to the Saudis during Newcastle's takeover had this regulator been around. I mean, Jamie, as, as a fan of, well, just as, as a non-Newcastle fan, what's your sort of take been on the whole Newcastle takeover, you know, sort of Saudi Arabia situation? Um, I think it's relatively similar to, to your own, to be honest. I listened to, to the pod that you did um, when that had been announced. I think it's um, <clears throat> it's exciting in some respects. Obviously, it's, it's like huge, but... Yeah. There's just that nagging, there's that nagging thing at the back of your head, which I'll, I won't go into. Obviously, what uh, what the people involved have done in the past, but it, it doesn't feel right, does it? Um, that that's happened. Um, but it's strangely, it's still really exciting, and I'm kind of quite looking forward to seeing what is actually going to happen and who's going to come in and whether you'll, you know, whether you'll really kick on and challenge the likes of City and Man City and. Um, Liverpool and teams like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're going, you know, approaching January now. I mean, even sort of setting aside all the talk of just uh, a spending spree, just the idea of just going into a transfer window, just expecting the team to do something, because that's something that you're not used to. Yeah, we, <laughs> we're not used to it under uh, under Mike Ashley. You, you literally you went into every transfer window knowing what you needed and knowing how much you needed and knowing that. You were never going to get everything you needed and frankly just hoping you got even some of it because I've lost count of the number of transfer windows that would come and go and you would either basically get no one or you might just get like a loan signing in and of course most of these loan signings weren't say of the quality of Joe Willock and didn't have this sort of impact that he had. It, it, it is exciting to, to be going into a transfer window thinking like yeah even again Forget all the all the money and, and the the possibility of like this enormous spending spree. I mean, I'm sure the newspapers are thinking we're going to spend like 500 million quid in January, which isn't going to happen. But yeah, just knowing that we might actually go in and just sign some players that might improve the team in some way is exciting. And 
and seeing where we might go. Um, I mean, as we've said, in terms of this independent regulator and the scrutiny that they would put on on a prospective new owners, what would also happen, which uh, I think is is worth noting, is that, for example, had, had it been in place anyway, for even forgetting the Saudis for a moment, it would have affected Mike Ashley's ownership of the club because good luck to him passing an integrity test. <laughs> After we know, I, you know, I won't go into too many details, but you can read the reports yourself, listeners, of of the way you know Sports Direct employees are treated and, and what they have to go through and have had to go through under Mike Ashley. It, it would have severely impacted his ownership on the club as well. Which, again, we don't want people like that in football. And it would have probably limited the kind of negative impact that he could have had on the club that, well, let's face it, that he had for 14 years. So I think this, the idea of this independent regulator is, is a great idea, and I certainly hope that it comes to pass, both for Newcastle's sake. I mean, I, if it does, what that could mean for Newcastle going forward and, and because of who he is now in charge in the Saudis... I, I really have no idea, to be honest, because I get the impression that if this regulator comes in, it's not necessarily just going to look at you know new takeovers and things. Uh, if there's you know these real time checks on ownership and of finances in English football, so that is something that could have impact on Newcastle going forward. And I said I'm not sure what those impacts necessarily would be, but. I have to say, I do think it would be a very good idea to to get this regulator in because it's not just going to check Newcastle. That's the point, isn't mm. it? It's it'll be interesting to see what happens with us. We see. I think I think the thing is with football, they've been allowed to get away with so much, um, and I, I'm pretty certain I spoke about it before. When you look at rugby and we look at the financial disparity that Saracens were having, and that's why they're having all these really top-notch players. And it had been mentioned for three years. They let them get away for three years. And then after that point, they were like, okay, we're going to deduct you 40 points. And then when they were still then maintaining their position in the league and out of the the, the playoffs, as it were, they were like, okay, no, we're just going to relegate you anyway. And they just put them down into the out, out of premiership rugby. And we just now know multiple times, no matter how many or what football body says, um, that teams are going to get punished for like the Super League and all these other things. Now it's going to be done. So it'll be interesting to see if this actually has any real effect or any real power. Because knowing that someone has potentially done something financially unfair or that a regulator has had any real effect doesn't necessarily mean that anything will actually change. I think that's my concern. Yeah, it, it, it depends, I suppose, how powerful this Again, should should this regulator come to pass, how what kind of power it will actually be able to wield? Again, this is all sort of speculation at this point, but it's certainly something that I think hopefully would be a force for good in football, and hopefully, first and foremost, also just stop like for example the situation Derby are in right now. Um, I mean, I, I think this all sort of came about by what happened to Berry who essentially cease to exist because of their financial situation. So I think it's something that could be good for a lot of clubs 
throughout the football league, not just for those at the top. Though I think those at the top need a lot, a lot more scrutiny than they've had. I think, as you said, I think they've probably had it far too good for far too long. Mm-hmm. It's definitely needed. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of seeing how much effect it has. I mean, financial fair play should be a good thing, but teams have been able to circumvent that quite easily. Um, so yeah, it just depends how stringent this actually is. Yeah, and that's, that's a good point because we've seen the way Manchester City and PSG in particular, as you said, have circumvented it and I'm sure... As you circumvent it or just blatantly ignore <laughs> it and nothing happens. There's not been subtle about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 am, I am sure... Well, we just get done for... The Newcastle are, are, are oh. cooking up creative ways to get around it themselves. Yeah, but they've just got done for financial fair play. We're told they weren't allowed in the... Um, yeah, what's the what? I forgot even what the cup is. The one that we just weren't allowed in, not the Europa Cup. The other one, the Champions League. Yeah, and then they were in the Champions League again anyway, because then it then they just got ignored, and now then they went then they went to go and spend a hundred million pound on Grealish. Like, come on, guys, be a bit have a bit of dignity. <laughs> I think dignity and UEFA are two uh, words that don't normally go together. To be honest. But anyway, I think it's, it's time now that we move on to the sort of the preview section. Now, I have to be completely honest, listeners. <laughs> I genuinely, until Sunday, had no idea that Newcastle's game against Norwich was midweek. So that game will have actually happened by the time you hear this on Wednesday. So we're not going to spend time previewing a game that you already know the result of, hopefully. <laughs> Three points for Newcastle. Desperately. Desperately. <laughs> Desperately needs to be three points for Newcastle. So instead, we're going to focus on next Saturday's game against Burnley. Both of these games are at home. Both of these teams are the two teams right there in the thick of it with us at the bottom of the table. Absolutely 100% must win games. I mean, you've gone over Newcastle's worst defensive record in Premier League history. I swear every week that we have done this. Are you going on another one? The 29 goals conceded in 13 games, so you're just going to add it on. We should, I feel like we should have a tally chart or a bingo card for how many times we have to say this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Newcastle still without a clean sheet in the, in the Premier League. 29 goals conceded in 13 games, as you said. In fact, our only clean sheet this season did actually come against Burnley at St James's Park. You're it, telling me it's going to be another scintillating nil-nil? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was our game we did in the Carabao Cup. It was nil-nil. It was dreadful. Steve Bruce was like, yeah, we kept a clean sheet. This is a huge positive for us. <laughs> they beat us on penalties. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, I mean, for everyone's sake, I hope it's not a repeat of that. Well, Burnley are on an unbeaten run now. Four games unbeaten. Yeah, I mean, as, as far as momentum goes, I mean, it's it's a bunch of draws, but... As, yeah, unbeaten in four, though. For a team at the bottom of the table, that's it's not nothing. I love how you've got to phrase this as if like it's that much different from Newcastle's situation, but also saying that like they're in a worse position. When they're, when well, you they're, say not, they're, in, a, they're in a better position. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's entirely the problem. It's, it's a worry. Um, I mean, the one positive that I do have is that, I mean, <laughs> compare it to our record against Arsenal, which was, well, that's now 18 losses in 19 games. Uh, I mean, 
<laughs> talk about a Bowie team. But our record against Burnley is actually quite reasonable since they came up to the Premier League in 2014. Uh, we played them 10 times, beaten them four times, drawn four times, only lost twice. We did the double over them last season. I'm really hoping we can channel some of that energy because, frankly, we're not going to get a better chance at a pair of back-to-back wins, or, well, frankly, any wins, than at home to Burnley and at home to Norwich. See, my, my concern is you've built this up so much now that not only are they going to let you down, but I'm going to have one hell of a depressing week, not just with the fact that I am so up to my eyeballs and over my head with work, then you're now going to be depressed midweek and at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, just to be clear, I'm not expecting Newcastle to get six points. I'm, I'm saying we have to. I don't, I don't, <laughs> no, but now you've built it up as to be the only two games you could win all season. <laughs> well, I mean, if, I mean, honestly, if we can't beat either of these two teams, we might actually be worse than Derby when they got 11 points that year. I mean, and I mean, at least they beat us. <laughs> Nobody can be worse than Derby. Well, we're giving it a go. Because, <laughs> I mean, our, our fixtures, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you in on our fixtures over Christmas, Jay. After yep. we played Burnley and, and Norwich, we've got Leicester away. Liverpool away, at home to Man City, uh, at home to Man United, and then away at Everton. All winnable <laughs> matches. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can see why I'm I'm desperate for us to to pick up some don't, points in this game. Yeah, don't play into his conspiracy theory of how like everybody hates. Um, everybody just kind of like dumps on Newcastle over the Christmas fixture list and then it goes on this whole little like spiral of everybody hate Newcastle we never have good fixtures over Christmas it's we, always we, terrible we, we, we don't know we don't know. <laughs> we always have terrible fixtures over Christmas <laughs> right, let me put my tinfoil hat on for a minute <laughs> <laughs> no please don't we've all been there <laughs> as, a, as a neutral, Jay, what, what what do you think might happen? Do you think Newcastle might finally get their first win of the season, either against Norwich or Burnley? Uh, I genuinely think that you will. Yeah, um, hopefully that's not putting a curse on it. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he will blame you, Jay. He will blame you. <laughs> no, I'll <laughs> blame our rubbish team. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't. Like you said, it's such an important couple of games. And if you are going to get some wins this season, it's got to happen now, surely. I, I really want you to win both of those games. <laughs> I really, really do. Yeah, and I, I mean, look, and again, we haven't won a game yet. So obviously, talking about getting six points, I realise I'm very much getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> but with six points from safety... If we were to get back-to-back wins, I'm not saying that would get us level with, I think it's Leeds, who are the team in 17th, but, uh, because I'm sure they'll probably pick up at least one point or a couple of points or, or a win in their next two games as well. But it certainly will get us a lot closer to safety. And I think that that's where we need to be. We need to still be within, at the, at the very least, even if we're still in the drop zone, we need to be within touching distance of everyone come January if we are potentially going to bring in some, you know, some quality players who can help us 
do you know hopefully significantly better in the second half of the season. If 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 we're not, you know, if we if we're still six points adrift, or if we're worse than that, which is still a possibility given the fixtures we've still got to come in the, in the next few weeks. Even even if we even if we pick up, it, it probably won't be enough at that point. So it is absolutely vital when we're already at this stage. I mean, you shouldn't be getting to. I mean, I know we're in. Well, we're on the verge of December, and I feel like this should be too early a time in the season for a must-win game, but it is. Well, you've been saying that all season. At the start of the season, you were saying this is Newcastle's must-win game. <laughs> this is just a Newcastle just staple. Every match is a must-win game for Newcastle. They give me that. It's too early. You know you've been saying that for ages. We've got 25 <laughs> cup finals left. It's, oh, it's fine. <laughs> <sighs> well, listeners, uh, we'll see how Newcastle get on. Again, we're talking about this. Newcastle might already have three points in the bag by the time you listen to this. Yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. Or there. maybe I'll be further into my pit of despair. <laughs> You'll have to find out next week. You do know if you ever stop doing this, people will genuinely be concerned about you. <laughs> and they'll be white to think that. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> no, no, I'll take that back. Listen. I'll take that back. In the meantime, though, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review, that would be absolutely fantastic. Lord knows we need some positivity around mm-hmm. here. And until next time, this has been Magpies Unrestricted, and I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problem. And thank you, Jamie, so much for coming on. I'll thank you both for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have you on again, if nothing else, when we next play Arsenal, but you are welcome back anytime. It genuinely has been such a pleasure having you on. Um, let's say, um, have some credit for being a good luck, <laughs> Yes, yeah, so if, if we get six points, you're back on next week. I can tell you that much. <laughs> but in the meantime, thanks, listeners. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.